0: Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. throw tight end. And Russia Bell. Bell has got 22 to It's Saw the future of football right before
1: your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. Welcome back to another episode of uh, Bell and Cannell. Off the Bench, that is. Uh, this is me, Roland Dolo, again with Hannah and Debo. So I guess I'm not really Dolo. Why do you? Why do you put that in the script if I'm not...
2: You, we start you this kind game. of are. It's, not in, it's not in the script.
1: It's not in the fucking script. See, this is what happens <laughs> when I go, like, half off script, half on script. You ready? Alright. So anyway, we got, <laughs> in, Look, Danny's back next week. Thank you, God. Um, as we head back to the video side. Um, right now we'll be able to check out our clips on cbsports.com. We're on our Twitter page, uh, at Canell and Bell. Uh, the Hall of Fame game was back. Uh, this episode we've got Dorian Lee, a friend of mine who's, um, a basketball trainer trained some pros. He trained some WNBA players, a bunch of kids. So we'll get some perspective on what summers are like for him, uh, and what the training games like. And Kyle Porter to talk a little golf with us later in the show. But first of all, and uh, first off, football's back. It's a Hall of Fame mm-hmm. game last night. Did anybody watch? I bet on it.
3: You bet on it.
2: Eric was a little oh, you busy. are a degenerate.
3: I lost. I had Bears outright. They lost 17-16. <laughs> I can't believe 16. you bet on that. Yeah, that's that's. I you. haven't bet since. Did the you watch Russia?
1: I w- I watched. I watched. Um. I wish I could have been here for the World Cup betting because I really feel like our <laughs> pro- picks and props would be so different. Hey, I had to retire. I lost twenty five to four. So, yeah, that was tough. You are out of the game. Who the, the Hall of Fame game last night, I mean, it was hard to watch. Like preseason football is typically hard to watch mm-hmm. as is preseason basketball. Such a um, snooze fest. It is a snooze fest. But Lamar Jackson, um, you know, got in the second half. He was four ten, uh, one T D, one pick, uh eight rushes for twenty five yards, and he took three sacks. Um, I guess he was what I kinda thought he was gonna be in an early outing. Like he didn't look fantastic. Uh, but he made some throws. he made some plays to uh extend plays with his feet and and then got the ball out, which is I think what you'd like to see um you know if you're a ravens fan, he wasn't just pulling it down and looking to go at every turn. The ball he threw away was a bad ball i mean he was locked on to his receiver from the time he took the snap when he was in his drop uh he missed on the inside and on that route. Uh, if you're gonna miss, you gotta miss on the outside. Like my eleven-year-old son knows that one. So, <laughs> like that was that was a bad miss. But and and that's been the knock on Lamar is kind of his accuracy. But I think it all speaks to probably what his fans think the upside is is you're gonna need to have him there in Baltimore for a few years, let him learn under Joe Flacco. Don't rush the process with him because. He's not a finished product yet. And the end game could be something special. Like the ceiling is really high. But mm-hmm. he, of all of these quarterbacks, I mean I guess I'd throw Josh Allen kinda of in that mix too. They're an unfinished product. And while the upside is there, they're gonna to need to learn a little bit. You know what I mean?
2: Hopefully not too much with Josh Allen. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I mean I I, I hear you. He's gonna be thrown in the fire a lot earlier than mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, so it's gonna be sink or swim. I really want them to protect Lamar a little bit, like um because the skill set is there. The ability to extend plays. I don't think anyone can argue that the NFL is trending, you know, in that direction. When you see guys right. like Aaron Rodgers, you see guys like Russell Wilson, you, even Alex Smiths of the world, like these guys are mobile. They can get outside the pocket. They can extend. They can cause those defensive backs and say, like to have to really make a decision and then still get rid of the ball and put it in a place where it needs to be. Um, they're really smart about it, though. They're not always looking to run. They're looking to extend uh, so that they can move the ball down the field. So I think that the talent's there. He just needs to be cultivated a little bit.
3: We spoke with Evan Washburn yesterday, and he said, this is Joe's team. How much do you envision the Ravens, if it is Joe's team, throughout the season, getting Lamar Jackson involved on the field? We know during the pre-draft process he didn't want to be considered a wide receiver or another position, but you have to use that type of speed, that type of talent when you can, right?
1: Yeah, I think that there'll probably be some packages in which he comes into the game. But if I was – look, I'm putting myself in Lamar's shoes now. I would be really patient. I wouldn't be rushing this either. Like I just said to the fans, like don't mm-hmm. rush in and let him sit. If I'm Lamar, I'm excited that I was picked. I'm excited that I fell to a team like the Ravens and Ozzie Newsome. Um I'm excited that I got Marty Morningwig who's got experience with the likes of Michael Vick and guys like that who are mobile. Um, and this is a really good place for me because Joe Flacco is a guy who, yeah, he's won Super Bowls and he's been really effective in the playoffs. But he'll go through these – these down turns for what for, for for periods of time. And so um they are eventually in the next few years probably going to be looking for another solution. So for Lamar this is a great spot. I wouldn't rush the process either. I'd sit there and I'd learn and I'd soak up as much as I could.
3: Our Jason for has reported that this will be Joe Flacco's last year. He really believes that this will be Joe Flacco's last year in Baltimore. So maybe those reins get handed over next season for Lamar. Uh just the start of his rookie season, a long way to go to determine If he will be a Hall of Famer, but five guys will be inducted this weekend. So Roger, we're going to play a little just Hall of Fame name association. I'm going to tell you a guy's name that's getting inducted. You just tell me what comes to your mind. And we're going to start with the guy that you probably rooted for in the mid nineties, former Hurricane Ray Lewis. Yeah. Oh man, what comes to mind?
1: You know, just like perseverance. Like he wasn't, he was not a highly heralded recruit coming into University of Miami. I remember when he came on his recruiting visit. Like I was a young, I was a young buck, but my dad kind of told me about him. And then, you know, he just made himself into this animal of a football player. And obviously, I'm a big Canes fan, so I cheered for him. And then, uh by way, because of that, I cheered a lot for the Ravens because they had him and they had Ed Reed. And you know, at times they had Willis McGahee and stuff like that. And so, you know, just like a self-made tough football player, and I always cheer for a guy who kind of wasn't a five-star recruit, you know.
3: How about another guy in that mold? Brian Erlacher? went to a small college, New Mexico, tough linebacker like that. Yeah, like bald and then not bald, right? For <laughs> Brian Urlacher, That's what I think. Of. <laughs> no, That's but it. but uh, like just
1: super athletic at the linebacker position to be that big, um, to be that versatile and be able to make the style of plays that he made with that size and the way he moved. I think was uh. Pretty special and he anchored that defense for a long time. It was a nasty defense. The Bears were, you know, have forever been known for their defense. So, uh, just really, in my
3: opinion, the way I look at him is a big, just athletic dude who does stuff that you don't think he should be able to do. How about a guy that was a very brief teammate of that, that other guy on the podcast that's not here. (laughs) Uh, Randy Moss. Yeah. Um,
1: Randy. I mean, he was just electrifying. I mean, he was one of those, you know who you're kind of reminding me of? Alan Iverson on the football field. Like a guy where their body doesn't look like they train a whole lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? They look like they yeah. could just fall out of bed and do what they do. Like they were just gifted to be able to do that. Um, you seen him on basketball court in high school. Like he was top recruit in basketball too. Like oh, those and-
3: guys Iverson can switch over to football moss yeah. over to basketball.
1: So they, you know, but, uh, What you know? What he did on a football field, like misunderstood, I think at times. Um, You know, you could make the argument, even going back to Florida State where it didn't last, and then winding up at Marshall. And I think a misunderstood dude. um, I I think when I listen to him talk on 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 shows now, I think he's way more insightful and way more articulate. Yeah, he's really good. And so, um, yeah, Randy was excited, man. I used to like to watch Randy, but a misunderstood guy, if I if I would describe him in a word.
3: How about Brian Dawkins, Weapon X? You're allowed to say Debo's favorite player of all time. Debo's favorite player of all time. What else? Wolverine, Weapon X. Nice. Um, all of the above. This is pretty
1: cool because, like, when when you talk about safeties, you're going to get Troy Polamalu, you're going to get Ed Reed, right? You're going to get names like that. But to your point before, like, Brian Dawkins is right up there—a guy who's just super versatile at the safety position. Like, he could come up and and lay you out with the best of them. But he had 37 what career picks? Did you tell me? Um, so just versatile, just like balanced. Balance is a good word, right? Could support the run, come up and do what you needed to do, but also could play, uh, you know, could, could play the pass as well as any other safety out there. So good for him. And then just the energy, like he had that infectious type of enthusiastic energy that kind of Ray Lewis had. Like it infects the whole People team, talk right? Talk
3: about Ray Lewis's entrance. Don't sleep on Brian Dawkins. That's right. <laughs> uh, a former teammate of Dawkins, uh, for two years with the Eagles. We're going to save the most intriguing for last. And that's Terrell Owens, who will not be present in Canton. And I'm boycotting that because it took him three tries to get in you know, to the media. I deserved this earlier. But Terrell oh, yeah. Owens, when he comes to mind, Raja and Hannah, what do you think of?
2: I respect it. I'd rather be in Chattanooga right now than Canton.
1: <laughs> You'd rather be in Chattanooga than – I hear I think like it's
2: going to be a better party. I'm just saying.
1: I hear you. Um, T.O., I would say this is one of these things that you probably will regret. You in- think so? In 10 years. Yeah, I do. I think – Look, you could go to Canton and then have a party in Chattanooga the week after it. Um, and nobody in Chattanooga would care that it wasn't the night of the Hall of the actual Hall of Fame induction. Like so I think when you're that good of a player, um and yeah, you you could feel slighted. There are plenty people in the Hall of Fame that feel slighted. Like, think about the think about the Mofos that ain't make the Hall of Fame and thought they should that's a slight. Getting in on the third vote, that's not a slight. Um, you're still getting in the Hall of Fame and so I would think that, yeah, your feelings are hurt and you know, you want to prove a point, but at the end of the day, you're going to regret not being there on your night. And so um all that being said, Terrell Owens was a freak, like a freak athlete. Just mm-hmm. size, um, you know, another guy that when he comes in the basketball gym, he played with us in the summertime, not a phenomenally skilled dude, but could certainly hold his own on the basketball court, like was fine in the gym with pros playing basketball, which is pretty remarkable, Um, put his elbows over the rim, um, you know, antics would be what I think of when I think of Terrell Owens, like the, yeah. the pom poms and the popcorn and right. the, the sharpies. sharpies. You know what <laughs> I mean? But Sit-ups. yeah, like to have fun with it. I appreciated that. Like to have fun with the game and was like was one of the best to ever do it. So.
2: All right, it's now time for read and react. So I'm going to read some of these headlines from dot and you guys are going to give me your reaction. So first one. Report. Giants and Odell Beckham open talks for new contract. So this is, this has been back and forth for months now.
1: Um, yeah, it's reported like they, uh, what OBJ, he said to enter his fifth year, um, as a giant. He's on the books for eight and a half million. Look, he, I mean, he was injured last year, but he is one of the best receivers in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I mean, and the debate, I think as some of these guys start to, reach an older age or an expiration date like he's just coming into the prime of his career so locking him up in New York I'm, I know he's got off the field stuff I know you know Danny thinks he's a distraction at times like I, I can't defend some of that stuff all I could say is I hope that he's growing like, like young yeah. players need to grow sometimes it, it's not unique to OD, OD Odell Beckham so I think this is a good move you want to lock up in a market like New York you want to have something like Odell Beckham Jr. And this isn't throwing shade at any other really good receiver who has no personality, but, but <laughs> right. like in a market like New York, you want a personality, like, especially That's if they true. can, if point. they can ball, like you, you mm-hmm. need something like that.
2: Um. All right. Another headline texts show Rick Pitino thought Brian Bowen had a $200,000 offer. So the FBI originally found that the five-star recruit had been compensated a hundred thousand to join the Cardinals. Rick Pitino has maintained his innocence.
1: Rick Pitino, tech show Rick Patino thought Brian Bone had a 200,000. Wow. Rick, listen, here's what, again, this is to the Urban Meyer point, uh, Nick Saban, um, any other guy who runs a program as successfully as those guys run programs, there's very little that they don't know. Mm-hmm. Now they could, you know, plausible deniability is a thing, right? Like, so you could hope to have that and hope that you're not thrown under the bus by somebody, but generally,
3: you know. Here's Um, the problem here. A text discovered that they, the court released yesterday on June 2nd, 2017. Patino sent assistant coach Kenny Johnson a text that said, DePaul was trying to pay Bowen 200k to come there. Crazy world! Exclamation point! Exclamation point. It's kind of cut and dry there. Yeah. If they discover this text. Yeah, DePaul was trying to pay. Yeah, and we offered him 175,000 and DePaul dropped 200k on him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's, I mean, look. But again, I want to say it. And maybe I'm callous to this because this is the world that I, I lived in forever. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised by this. <laughs> if anyone out there is surprised that these people are paying college athletes the best talent, like the five-star kids, that they're being compensated to pick a random school halfway across the country from where they live. If you don't think they're, they're being incentivized to do that financially, either in terms of cash or cars or parents for your jobs, like you're crazy. There were times you could look up and see i'm going to use an anonymous school right like they'd be playing in alaska at the anchorage shootout and they got five star kids every year and i know these five star kids where they come from i went to camp with them and i know that they'd come from means like mine where my parents couldn't afford to be in anchorage alaska sitting in the front row of the alaska <laughs> shootout but yet here are their parents and all their siblings mm-hmm. they just automatically they came into money like no they they're being paid and
3: that's the way it is will that text be in the memoir I cannot wait for the report. <laughs> cannot September wait. September 7th.
2: Alright, our last read and react. Guys, we talked about him yesterday. Sonny Gray, our boy Yankees replaced struggling Gray in rotation. This is fresh off of the laughing while walking off the mound stick. He allowed seven earned runs on Wednesday. He said after the, afterwards, he said, I've struggled and they've given me ample opportunity to figure it out. I continue to grind. I'm going to go to the pen and continue to try to figure it out.
1: I like his attitude. I mean, the Yankees did what they have to do. I don't know that this had much to do with the laughing. Um, no, again, he's been struggling. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. no
2: way. There's no way. I'm just <laughs> just saying, our boy.
1: Yeah, no, totally. But I think the you know again, the laughing is one of those things, and it it kind of validates my thought on it. Was that he's just in such probably dark place where he just can't get right. You know, you guys mm-hmm. seen the movie Life, right? Where he just, I, he can't get right, boss. Like no. he just, no matter what he does, he can't get right. you never seen Life?
2: No, what is that movie? The I know Life, the game, the Mar- board game.
1: It's a good, it's a quality game. Yeah. Martin Lawrence, Eddie Murphy.
2: Mm-mm. No, No, um, but now I want to see it. I like that, I like that cat. Anthony
1: Anderson, movie. who else was in that Bokeem no. Woodbine, uh, you had Bernie Mac.
2: What's it about? Don't say uh, Life. What? Don't say Life. These two, these two guys <laughs>
1: from New, from Harlem, New York go down to, go down south okay. to get some, uh, they go down south to pick up some hooch, like some, 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 whiskey okay. illegally because they owe somebody some money. Um, And there's a murder that's committed after this card game that Eddie Murphy was playing in. All right. And they frame them. Okay. Like the Ku Klux Klan frames them and they wind <laughs> up doing life in like a, a work camp down oh, south. Oh, wow. It's fantastic. Oh, dude, you have to worry it. Like, right.
2: right. Come on. All right. Sanai them.
1: Sanai them. A fantastic movie. Like, But anyway, um, he just can't get right, boss. He couldn't get right. The Yankees did what they had to do. And I like his attitude just by like... Look, I'm taking this. I'm not playing well. I've struggled. They've given me the opportunities. I own this. Um, as a player, only once you own those struggles, can you kind of get over them? I'm not saying that he will, but as long as you're like projecting the problem on someone else and thinking it's someone else's fault, like there's very little opportunity to get over what's going on. So good for you.
2: All right. Now we're moving on to take it or leave it. So Raja, take it or leave this one. Alabama will win another title this season. I'm so scared for your answer.
1: Leave that shit. really? Leave it.
2: Oh, man. These uh,
1: Miami Hurricanes are about to nah, –
0: no, I, so I wish.
2: <laughs> I, right? I'm like, Syracuse. Just kidding. So first coach's poll was released on Thursday with Alabama at the top. So Bama, number one. Clemson, number two. Ohio State, Georgia, and Oklahoma round out the top five.
1: I'll take it. Canes at eight. I'm not surprised Kane's by this. Eight. Yeah. Yeah, Canes
2: at eight. There you go. What about Auburn, number 10? Auburn about coming
1: it. in at 10. Penn State. We know Penn State making his – Oh, you got Chase McShorley back. This yep. Season. Yep. Yeah. Um going Trace. all
2: in on Auburn this season.
1: Trace McSorley. Yeah. What did I say? Chase. I so. Trace. Trace McSorley. Say um, it. You yeah, know.
2: Same. It's kind of like. <laughs> it's kind of like the
1: Patriots, right?
2: I forgot the other. No, opposite. I said it.
1: I, I said it. We're um. Let's. If you make me. If you make me pick, I'm gonna pick a proven entity, man. I'm Wait, so pick you're not something. going?
2: You're not going with Bama winning another title this season?
1: I am. I am. I'm taking it. Be- only, okay. only because you said look. leave it. It was in jest, though. I, I, oh
2: my gosh! I
1: was the heartstrings were talking. Like obviously, I want Miami to win, and I think Miami will be better. Miami's um,
2: absolutely not winning. Auburn is.
1: Yeah, no. There's a very slim chance that Miami wins. I agree. I agree. Like, but I want Miami to be to be like relevant <laughs> a again there this with year. Them, you think? No, I do think so. As yeah. As I, as I'm going to go with the proven ending. I'm going to go with the factory that keeps putting out pros. I'm going to go with Nick Saban. Like, if you make me pick a team, so I'll take that.
2: Take it or leave it. This one, the Steelers will be a disappointment in 2018. So Antonio Brown exits camp with an unspecified injury. Mike Tomlin labeled him as day to day. Le'Veon Bell currently holding out.
1: Yeah, I, don't, I guess disappointment. Like describe disappointment. Like um, this team with this cast would disappointment. Ben,
3: Antonio Le'Veon Bell with that high-powered offense and still a very competent defense hasn't made a Super Bowl yet with those three, that three-headed monster in Pittsburgh. So, is anything besides that a disappointment?
1: No, I no. don't think so. Because I think you could still make the case that, you know, if you went up against Tom Brady in a one-game scenario in the AFC Championship game and he beat you, it wouldn't be an overall disappointment. I guess it would be in, in Pittsburgh. It would be, but to me, it wouldn't be. If you put like football is one of those sports where like, if you're a dominant team all year and you're like you're lighting it up and you're doing things like it's that one-game scenario type of thing, you know. And I guess football fans are used to it, but. Like I'm, the best team wins in a seven-game series. Usually, the best team doesn't always win in a one-game
3: scenario. So, yeah, I mean, I guess you can make a case for that, but I'm gonna say no. Nah, so I'm gonna
1: leave it. I don't there, think it's a
3: disappointment. There's that me. window of opportunity with Pittsburgh, and now it's it's a franchise that has the most Super Bowls in NFL history. Right. They have six of them, but to not get one, say if Le'Veon does indeed leave after this year, if they don't get one with Ben and Antonio and Le'Veon. Is that ultimately a disappointment? That's a a different question. That's a different question. The answer to that is
1: yes. That would be a disappointment.
2: All right, our last take it or leave it. The Sixers should be content with their offseason. LeBron James says that he's considered the Sixers. Joel Embiid said, quote, I literally did not really care. I want to be better than those guys if I'm not already better than them. Philly was in Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard trade rumors and briefly Paul George free agency rumors.
1: No, I'm going to leave that. They should not be content with their season moves. Like, the, look, the Brian Colangelo situation, I think that is flying under the radar as, as potentially one of the reasons why Philly is going to have a drop off this next coming season. Like, he would have gotten some stuff done this offseason. They were left there kind of holding the bag. Who was, who was running this? Brown. End term. And Brett's phenomenal as a coach, but I've always talked, even on this pod, about how hard it it's is to lot. do both jobs. It's a lot, right. especially for a dude who's never really had to do it. And so they added Wilson Chandler, Zaire Smith, Mike Muscala, and Landry Shemette. Right? Landry was the first. He was a pick, right? He was a draft pick out Zaire of uh, Iowa Zaire was 16
3: Shockers. overall, and Wichita State, uh, Landry at 26.
1: Yeah. So the only two real difference makers as it pertains to trying to win something right now would be Wilson Chandler and Mike Muscala. Wilson Chandler... It's a good player, but he's a little older. And so you lost contri- contributors like Marco Bellinelli, Ursan Ilyasova, uh, uh, Rashawn Holmes. The first two being the most important because they were your stretch guys. Shooters. Yeah, Ursan Ilyasova is a stretch four at times. Uh, Marco Bellinelli was shooting the heck out of the ball. Um, nah, they should not be happy with this. This is a downgrade for them at, at these positions. Now they got younger again. That kid, Zaire Smith, got a high ceiling. I like Landry Shamet. Uh But I don't think that they they should be happy about what what took place this off season in Philly. And missing on LeBron, look, missing on LeBron, potentially Kawhi, because you had assets that you could have traded. He would have been a really good fit there. Kawhi would have been.
3: Was LeBron going anywhere besides LA? No, I think LeBron, that was locked stock. Yeah. yeah,
1: but the potential was there. He was free, and so if you were one of the teams that were in his conversation and you missed, like, like you have to you have to feel some kind Joel of. Joel
3: Embiid said he thinks he's already better than some of these guys. I don't think he thinks he's better than LeBron, although. I wouldn't hate if he thinks that in his head. Is that's Joel stupid. Embiid better than Paul George? Who would you rather have? Oh, that's a tough question.
1: <laughs> no, that's a tough question. It depends on how, uh, how my team is built, right. where I'm playing. Uh, I'm going to take Joel Embiid. Paul George. Alright, guys. Welcome back, uh, to Off the Bench with Canell and Bell. Uh, let's get to our next guest. We've got him on the line. He's kind enough to join us today. It's Kyle Porter, uh, CBS sports golf writer. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. Uh, he's also the host of the First Cut podcast on CBS Sports Digital. Um, so Kyle, uh, the Bridgestone's happening right now, but I guess we gotta start with the big showdown. Uh, the rumors of Tiger versus Phil is set for Thanksgiving weekend according to sources. Uh, we don't have a ton of information, uh, but what what do you say about this?
4: Well, it, it was interesting yesterday because they both got asked after the round about the the match, and Tiger sort of said, you know, it's not nothing signed, it's not set in stone, and, it, and then Phil came off the course. He's like, "Yep, we're, we're doing it. Let's go. We're, we're, it's happening." And I was like, "Well, I I don't I don't really know which one it is, but." It's gonna be it's gonna be intriguing. I, I don't love the the week that they picked. You know, when when I think of Thanksgiving, I, I think about uh, hanging out with family and watching football. Right? Like I, I I don't I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird time for me. I, I feel like they could have picked something better, but there's so much curiosity there, and I think if they if they can set it up in the right way, where they put. Microphones on the guys, they get the right setting, they, they kind of, uh, market it correctly. I think it could be a really big deal.
1: Yeah, I guess that, that was my question, right? Like, th- there are gonna be so many things that they gotta figure out, but do you think, like, the one-on-one model, uh, do you think it'll, it can work going forward? Like, is this something you'll see, we'll see more of?
4: I don't know, it, it's really hard because it, it always sounds like a great idea, like, the, the match play event every year, uh, that they do, the WGC, and then you get to Sunday and it's one-on-one in the final, and all of a sudden, you've got all this time to fill because, you know, guys are only hitting shots for like four minutes out of right. four or five hours worth of play. And so it's really hard to fill that time and still make it intriguing and, and entertaining. So I'm interested to see, you know, who, you know, what what channel it's on, how they fill that time. There, there's a bunch of different stuff you could do. You could bring in other pros to, to commentate. You could put other pros on the crowd. I, I don't know. You could have an undercard. You could have another match going on. I I, I don't know what they're going to do, but uh, you do have to do other things other than the golf to keep people engaged.
1: I got you. I got you. So let's talk about the golf that's happening right now at the Bridgestone. Um, Tiger and Phil were both, you know, four under in their first round. Uh, it's at Firestone where, you know, Tiger's got some history there. Uh, do you think that this is a week? Like, he's had a good 2018. He's been trending lately. Do you think this is a week that he'll be in contention, or do you see somebody else, uh, bringing it home?
4: I think, I think he will be in contention. It's incredible to look at his stats. If, if you look at where he, just take his name out of it, which I know it's so hard to do when we're talking about Tiger Woods, but he's number six on the pga Tour this year and strokes gained overall. That's sort of the best measure we have of who's been the, uh, the, the best golfers throughout the year, the most consistent golfers, uh, and he's number six. The five guys ahead of him have all won on the PGA Tour this year. They've combined for ten wins so far. So, he's he's playing golf the way that a, a a golfer that would win multiple times on the PGA Tour would play it. And you know he he looked good in stretches yesterday. He he, did, he only hit one fairway on the back nine, which is either encouraging because he still shot 66 or discouraging because he only hit one fairly. I'm not sure how to look at that, but no, I think he'll be in contention. He's, uh, he's playing really, really well right now and has all you. Yeah, I don't think he's going to win just because you've got so much, you got so much star power on that leaderboard with Ricky Fowler, Rory McIlwain, Jason Day, um, Phil is up there like you know Justin Thomas John Rahm I mean it's it's, it's kind of an incredible leaderboard so I don't necessarily think Tiger's gonna win but I do think he'll finish top top five top 10 something like that
1: so look so Tiger's like all we've talked about and he's like you know every commercial I watched with the Firestone yesterday was Tiger can this be the week can be can this be the week but if it wasn't Tiger what would be the other big story right now in golf like who would be the other guy that people are like yo he's playing some really really good golf right now he's trending in the right direction
4: well, I, I think that two. So, so, Dustin Johnson won last week at the Canadian Open. He won pretty handily. And so, if you're this week on the second looking at a PGA next week on a soft course, that's going to favor guys that are pretty long off the tee. And so then you're like, okay, well, could DJ win three in a row? He he was only one under on Thursday, but who knows? He go and shoot 61 on Friday and get himself into the start, into the tournament. So he's won And then Rory McIlroy's the other guy that I look at. on finished second. Uh, at the Open a couple weeks ago, and uh, he won earlier this year. Uh, He's probably going to be the favorite next week at at the PGA. We've seen him go on this little kind of Open Championship Brickstone PGA run before, back in 2014, when he won all three of them. Uh, He was 5-under on Thursday, uh, played really well. I watched most of it. It could have been 63 or, you know, 62, something like that, so... I think those are the two guys that I'm looking at to, you know, if they can if they can catch a little fire and, and get hot here at the end of the season, it'd be pretty interesting.
1: It should be awesome coming down the stretch for sure. All right, Kyle, let's move on to another little quick segment. It's called Superlative. So these are like quick, fun answers that that we like to do towards the end of the interview. So my first one would be best dancer. If you had to guess, Phil or Tiger. Phil. <laughs> <So. laughs> I hear you, and, and you know what? Like, I'm not a huge Phil dude, but I think you might be right on that. He, I like, think Tiger looks like he probably has not, he just not the personality for it. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah, I, I don't think Tiger. I think Tiger knows like what his lane is, and he just stays there. So right I, I think Tiger's kind of nerdy, you know. And I know that like I know Phil's like you know super uncool dad, which is I don't know if that's better or worse than being nerdy, but. Tiger's kind of a closet nerd that he's he sort of covered it up in public in a in a respectable way, but I, I don't think he's a very good dancer.
1: That's fantastic. All right, last one. Most likely to fill Jim Furyk's wild card slots for the Ryder Cup.
4: Oh man! So there's four of them. So I'm going to go Tiger and Phil are locks. They're definitely in. And then I think he's going to pick uh, Matt Kuchar, okay. uh, who is like tenth, I think, in in the standings right now. Top eight qualify automatically, so I think Kuchar will be in. And then I think. Well, I, w- I would have said Bryson DeChambeau. I- I'll go ahead and stay with him, even though he's had a bad couple of uh, last few rounds. But I'll say those are the four wild cards for the-, for the Ryder Cup.
3: All right,
1: brother. Thanks for coming on and hanging out with this man again. That's Kyle Porter. Um, you can follow him on Twitter at, at Kyle Porter CBS, and He's also the host of the First Cup Podcast on CBS Sports Digital. Thanks for coming on, man.
4: Absolutely. Thank you, guys.
2: Now time for five-star Q&A, which is my favorite part of every Friday. So if you guys leave five stars and a review on our iTunes, we will answer any question. First one, Big Red Trella. He says, I'm watching Last Chance U, and I got to be honest. The transfer player seemed so entitled. Go to class. I do not want to hear an excuse. I understand school and playing sports is tough, but is this how college athletes act? Where's the rise and grind approach?
1: Ah, big red. I hear you, bro. I'm watching Last (laughs) Chance of You, too. And some of it is disappointing. Although, like, in college in general, like, I wasn't the best student. I didn't attend the most classes. I just – I was young and I was dumb. Like, Mm -hmm. I just – I was missing the boat. But I was a grinder. Like, I'd be in the gym. The best – the best – Situation that I have that's comparable to this is when I was in the CBA because that's kind of a demotion when you're coming from a D1 school and you're going back to JUCO. That's like a demotion. Mm-hmm. Um, NBA players that would come to the CBA when I was a first-year CBA player would have this hangover effect where they felt like they shouldn't be there in the first place. They didn't really realize it, but they weren't giving it a hundred and ten percent. And then for that reason, they don't wind up getting back to the NBA, and they don't make it in the CBA either. Because we were young and hungry, and that's kind of what you'll see with some of these kids. Like they had a lot, whole lot of potential. They went to the JUCO. They didn't act right. They blew their last chance, and they wind up just you know not playing football anymore. So
2: I mean, imagine having to watch yourself in college too. Like any like big red Trella, like what where how old are you?
1: (laughs) That's a good
3: question, right? Like I I mean my show would have been train wreck.
2: We all think this now because we're like out of college, but like I don't know.
3: Um next week we will have a bonus podcast recapping Last Chance You. We got a lot of feedback on that. Danny tossed it out last week. Yeah. Danny's been gone this week, but we're gonna do a bonus pod. Starting from the beginning, how far are you, Raja?
1: I am, I don't know, episode seven or eight. Can you be, you can be finished. I'll five. be, I'll, I'll be done. Yeah, next I'll be done. Side. I got to watch it. Yeah. Next um, week. I had two people walk up to me on the street and ask me to do that for sure. Hey. No okay. way.
2: It's coming. Yeah. It is wow. coming. Uh, all right. Next one from Ryan Stryker. He says, if your shirt isn't tucked into your pants, are your pants tucked into your shirt? Let the podcast being five days a week. Huh. What? Hold up. Hold up. Yeah. If your shirt isn't tucked into your pants. Correct. Are your pants tucked into your shirt? Huh. No! It's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> There's
1: no tucking. There's no tucking, but I understand where you're coming from, Ryan Stryker. You made me think about it for a second.
2: Why is that a question?
1: Well, like, cause your shirt's tucked in your pants. No, no, right? no, I
2: get it, but like, why? What, what, Ryan, are why you- Why would forward?
1: you, why would you pose that question?
2: You know, Ryan, I just want you to think about what you've done. <laughs> Alright, dogs. 559 five, said, Raja, I'm currently working in college athletics and getting my master's in sport management. Well, what did your dad do at Miami as an associate AD?
1: So my dad was associate AD. Um, he was the head of academics for a while, uh, and he was also a head of community relations for a while. So when there was a regime change, um, I think he got moved back to athletics. He was brought up under Dr. Anna Price, who's a great woman. I think she's at FIU now, um, in the in the academics side. Uh, but then when he became an associate AD, he went to community relations, doing a whole lot of the uh, partnering with different schools and different you know outreach opportunities for the for the athletes. Uh, and then, then when there was a regime change, he went back and he did academics again. So it's kind of crazy that I wouldn't be a good student and take my <laughs> ass to class, right? That's <laughs> that re- really true. crazy.
2: That is true. All right. Last one from Walter the Minpin. Um, okay. So we've answered the first part of this before. What do you – I'm sorry. Wow. I can't read. What do you <laughs> slash did you do to get jacked up before a game, music, or specific songs? Also, what's your favorite book? Any good sports ones that you can recommend?
1: Uh, Walter the Minpin. Do you uh,
2: do you read? Are you a reader?
1: Uh no I don't Do you sit read and novels. Read books. He reads no. every Monday. No I read every Monday. I've read I've read books but I don't <coughs> I don't read books. <laughs> I don't love to read like I wouldn't
3: like in my free time. Man, man, we just covered this about his academics.
1: Yeah like I wouldn't I'm sit sorry. there and like choose to read a book. Um uh there was a book that I read I read uh damn I don't remember the name. See it's was it was it red red moon or something like that. i i don't know this no this was this was a really cool story about a um a, um about native Amer- it was a native american tribe that had been just slaughtered um so and it was, was about it a one true of the, story? It was a true story. Yeah, I loved it. I passed the book on to my buddy Brian Settler, who was the mm-hmm. trainer out in Utah. I wish I could remember the name of the book because I sound really – That's like, okay. If like you I remember it, about. we can
2: tweet it out to make sure that Walter Sinnpin yeah. gets it. I'll
1: find it. I'll text Brian today and figure it out. Are um, you the
3: type, though, to read like sports biographies, autobiographies?
1: Yeah, I mean I read. I read – not really sports. I'm reading, uh, Stuart Scott's, like, it's <gasps> on and off. Like, I have that, too. Yeah, I,
2: I've been reading that on and off for a while as well, cause it's, it's hard to read. Yeah,
1: it is. I read, uh, Barack's was good, mm-hmm. uh, but not a whole lot of sports. There's another great, I don't know how every person would love this, but this mm-hmm. is about, like, um, it's about the great, the migration of, uh, black folks out of the Jim Crow South to, <clears> um, like all these northern cities and how you wound up with, 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 uh, you know, people in L.A., black people in L.A., and in mm-hmm. New York, and in Milwaukee, and all, and all that stuff. So I forget the name of that book too. But so I've read Ooh, some damn know, books. I don't
3: know the say, name for of that someone book. Someone that says they don't read, it sounds like you read.
1: Yeah, I mean, I read
3: a little bit. I Know
2: the name bit, of that one? I like TV.
3: I'll get it for you. It's at home. It's at home in my uh, my little. Bookcase. Are you reading
2: anything right now, Debo?
3: I'm reading Spanish for the utterly confused. I'm trying to pick up my <laughs> there you espanol. go, there you go. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, let's move music part. All
1: right, music. Uh, specific songs, no. Uh, I like reggae though. Like I was born in Saint Croix, and so I I like to listen to reggae before uh, games. And then like DMX, I'm a big DMX fan in terms of when it's time to get hype. Mm-hmm. So listen to some DMX, um, some
3: 50. Um, On your way okay, to your wait. kids' games now. Is it Migos? Is it Mumble Rap?
1: Yeah. So what we typically do, I'm actually pretty excited. Like every year, I'll sit down with my boys, right, mm-hmm. and we will create our uh, like a football playlist for oh, the wow. season. So we're gonna as soon as we get back on Sunday, we'll sit down because football season starts on Monday, and we'll get our playlist. It's all of the Mumble Rap bullshit. It's like, so I'm
2: question for you. Yes. Three albums were released today: Travis Scott, Mac Miller, and YG. Is that how? Is that how? Yeah, that probably. Which album are you listening to first? None and of them. Are you, what? Whatever, really? Whatever. Too what
1: expected to say. <laughs> My boys will will dictate which one of those guys I listen to most because they'll find the one that Scott's they like. the
2: answer. Mac Miller's the close second. But I think when I listen to YG, I, th- I don't know if I'm even saying this right, but I liked his album the best so far.
3: You are saying it right. Okay. It just doesn't
2: I just feel YG. like add more to your name, you know?
1: Is that it for Vice Star Q&A? We That's it for Five
2: Star Q&A. Give us better and more questions.
1: All right, now on the line with us, we've got Dorian Lee, uh, basketball trainer out of Atlanta, Georgia, a good friend of mine. Uh, he's trained high school, college, international, Olympic, WNBA, NBA players, uh, b-ball 101, EPD on Instagram. You can check him out and go give him a follow. Um, I hope I did it justice, but welcome to the show, D.
0: Man, I appreciate it, man. How y'all doing?
1: Not bad. It's early, but we're hanging in there, man. So you, you just told me a second ago. <laughs> That you just got back from turkey uh i mentioned that you train across all levels what's your typical schedule look like in terms of when and where you're training um uh, in terms of summer workouts
0: well you know it it varies um you know this year um a good you know a good friend of mine i've you know literally had since he was about 16 years old uh evan fournier um had reached out to me to come down to miami when he was working out in miami from a strength and conditioning standpoint so uh, my schedule this summer was a little different because he had a need that was a little different than was normal, right? I would, I would normally maybe, you know, get over to France for a week to work with him, but he was down in Miami for six weeks. So I actually literally went down and, and lived in Miami five days out of the week from May to late June um, and uh, got to work. So for me, the summer schedule is always a little flux. Depending on what, uh, you know, my players need and where they are. So I'm happy I got staff here so I can get away sometimes and not have that fear of losing business while, while I'm on the road.
1: So hey, talk to me about Evan real quick because we were supposed to come to the gym. I-, I thought it'd be a good idea for my son to watch him work out. We, we never really <clears throat> made that happen, but uh, you've seen an improvement across Evan's game from year to year. What type of stuff were you guys working Absolutely. on this summer, uh, to get him ready for next year?
0: Just, just a lot of, uh, one on one, the ability to, to get your shot off quickly in one on one situations. Uh, if you know anything about Evan, I love the way that he plays off the ball. High IQ guy. Just needed to add a couple of little, you know, a couple of things in his game in terms of ball handling, quick hitters, uh, when he got those isolations. Um, you know, out of pick and roll, things of that nature. So we've been working on that heavy ball handling, uh, getting a little quicker trigger uh, in terms of the release because he is a, he's a great shooter. So we've helped increase some of that range. And uh, I think, uh, you know, I really think uh, the NBA will take notice this year with Evan.
1: D so like you were, you were a hell of a player in your own, right? Um And I guess my question, you know, and we talked about it, off air before at the crib is like how do you go from from that like this is what i do i'm good at this to like i think i have insight and i want to kind of share this insight and then and then even from there like you know what i can make a living doing this and establishing a clientele like how does that process play out like how do you go from yo i i I do this for a living like i'll murder you if you're defending me to look i'm going to build pros
0: you know it's it's a it's a process and i think You know, we got a lot of conversation going on. I think you saw uh, my man, uh, Steven Jackson. He had a post on Instagram about, you know, guys wasting money on people like me. And I I get it. It wasn't a, you know, it wasn't anything that I took, uh, you know, exception to. But it's a a consensus across the board. A lot of pros believe that, uh, you know, you don't need a guy like me. What could a guy like me teach you? Um, you know, you didn't play in the NBA, Dorian, what could you bring to the table? But, um, everybody doesn't have the same path. So, you know, I think you're probably one of the the greatest testaments of somebody who put in the work, uh, could have been a guy that uh, got looked over, but you put in the work and you created some opportunities. You know, I'm 47 years old. The way I played 25 years ago wasn't fashionable. right? So, When you think about it, you know, it's, it's almost like historical timelines. When you draw that line, BC and AD and all of this from a historical perspective, you know, pre Renaissance, post Renaissance, or whatever, you got pre AI and post AI. The NBA is totally different now. Right. So 25 years later, I might have, I would have been your household, a Russell Westbrook, Derrick Rose. Lou Will veins, those 6-2, not really points, not really two guards, just ballers. You, you, you follow me? Yeah. So my mentality was already different. I already had a chip on my shoulder, you know, for years because of that. So when I entered into the game of training, player development, it was one of those things that I never had any insecurity about training pros because I felt like I was already better than them. <laughs> so it, it, it wasn't a it wasn't right. a fear. You right. follow was it wasn't like, oh man, my God, I'm I'm training Josh Smith today. Man, he's such an athlete. I can't believe man, I had a forty nine inch vert, man, 4'3", uh, four speed and a forty I'm I was good. You you follow me. So my my approach was a little different. But back to kind of the, the 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 way Steven Jackson looks at it, I started at the very bottom. I started with one kid, Alex Salcedo, I'll never forget, here in Atlanta, and I stayed in the gym. And every single time I saw a kid in the gym, I would grab him up and I would train him for free. Right. And I would go to the run and shoot, and I would be at run and shoot, 24-hour facility, world famous, everybody remembers it here in Atlanta. And I would start at 9 a.m. and I would leave at 9 p.m. every night. Yeah. And over time, people started to see it. They started to see the energy, the passion. And I had to, I had to, I had to create a curriculum, Roger. Right? And, and really, a lot of that comes from whether you believe this or not. I, I, I truly believe it's an in between. Like when you look at the prototypical ball player, right? You know, uh, six three might be too small. 7 1 might be too big to do everything. It's that medium one. It's that 6 9 or 6 8 that can do it all, right? Can do both ends, can guard to guard, guard to post, but not too far on either end of the spectrum. Sometimes I believe when you're really, really good, it becomes more difficult. If you had a lot of success, it becomes more difficult to teach. You know, I think it's more difficult for Jordan to teach. But when you look at a person like me who I thought I was really good, but it was a lot of flaws in my game. So I had to take a look at the things that I really did well, like quick release, you know, uh, you know, quick one-two dribble pull-ups, uh, my ability to to get by my defender. I had to pay attention to those things, and then I had to look at wow, my dribble pull-up game, you know, getting to a spot wasn't great, right? My my change of direction wasn't, you know, outstanding. So I had to start to, to to look at what I did great, how can I teach it? And then the things that I didn't do well, how can I improve so that I can teach others? These are the things that I was missing in my game that could have helped me go to another level.
1: And I want to ask you real quick about the social media and the impact that it's had on your, on your visibility. Because um, you can go to Instagram now and there's 10,000 uh, people training kids playing basketball. They're all over the place. But talk Absolutely. about... The way it's blown up from the social media perspective,
0: uh, but, you know, it's amazing, man. Because let me let me tell you this: this this will let you know how long I've been in the game. I've, I've been in the game about sixteen years. So when we when we first came out, like it was, uh, you know, I think everything stems from. Uh, I think it's what Kevin Eastman. He kind of got all of this started, and I I talked to a lot of people in in this network and, on how certain people got into the game. So I know some of the backgrounds of how, you know, Gannon Baker got involved and a lot of other people, but over 16 years, it was DVD, you know, uh, down, you know, downloads came a little bit later, but it was VHS and DVD. Right. Right. So it was a few people in the game that had contracted with major companies like, uh, uh, I think it's championship video, uh, we did a, a series myself, Jay Hernandez, Gannon Baker, Jason Otter with uh, HoopsKing.com. The, the, what they call the Advanced Basketball Training Series, and it was it was you had to go get it. Like like I had to go order it. I had to go take. It. Now you just have to scroll. Right. It's so much information out there, man. And let me tell you, it's it's, it's a double-edged sword. To me, it's like the Dr. Dish or the, the, the gun. I promote Dr. Dish, so let, let me make sure I say that right, Dr. <laughs> Dish, if if you if you shoot, man, if you have a broken shot, right? And you get on a Dr. Dish, it is I'm telling you man, it, it, it makes your shot worse. You just are better shooting it bad, right? Right. And sometimes I look at with these tools and automatically people assume that okay this is this is a great vehicle but everything is is has a duality it's a dichotomy so as good as social media has been for getting good information out it's been that bad for getting bad information out it's also been that bad for getting trainers who don't necessarily get it i'm not knocking anybody anybody who is passionate about the game mm-hmm. is showing love, uh, for our sport. I am, I am applauding. I want you, but I, I watch the details. I watch small items and it's a lot of trainers out there who are world famous million followers that don't get it. Right. So this thing is, is, I mean, it's, it's, it's both sides for me. I was I was a staunch opponent of showing any information because it's techniques that I use right now, Raj that I've been doing for 13 years and now they are becoming popular. Right. When I put information out, this is an old joke. I used to tell everybody, I said, guys, let me tell you something. All of this is a race to video. Whoever can get the video first. It's like us running to the dinner table, trying to get whoever gets to that chicken first. It's, yours. it's gone if you got brothers in house. Right.
1: <laughs> Correct. I got It's you. gone.
0: It's gone. So if I get to this video first, Roger's been doing matter of fact, I went to Roger's house. Roger's, hey, look, man, hey, when I was in the league playing Kobe, guess this. Guess what? I used to knock his hand down right here and guess what? I said, oh, that's nice. Next day I'm on, on Instagram. Hey, something we've been developing for a while. Uh <laughs> something that I noticed that 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 uh a guy, Roger Bell, used to do against dude, I just got that from you. Right. Right. So guess right. what? You, you you ain't on Instagram like that. You know what I'm saying? So, so now I'm the founder of this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I got and, you. And
0: it's just, it's not, it's not true. You, you, you follow me. So that's kind of the, the, the catch 22. And I started putting information out. And you know, I said, guess what? People used to pay to come, come get my information and go use it to train. I mean, this is no joke. I've had trainers come train with me under the auspice that they were just trying to get better. Next thing I know, they're starting their, their company, right? So people going to get my information and put it out anyway. So at least let me hurry up and get it out. So at least I have a timeline. If someone ever says, oh, say, well, yeah, just go to December 13th, 2016 on my timeline and watch the move. Right, 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 right,
1: right. Beat them to the punch i feel you all right so d yeah, so. let me do this with you real quick man this is a little segment this is going to be quicker um and it's just superlatives we have a little fun with this i got two quick questions for you that i think people would be interested yeah. to hear uh the first one is who out of all the people you've worked with have the best handles
0: um ooh, good one a kid by the name of tony Bagness or asia dur who's Probably will be the number one
1: pick in the draft this year. Oh, we all right. Second one. Uh, This was my this is my favorite. Biggest gym rat you've ever worked with. Who can't leave the gym?
0: Oh shoot! That's Adam Smith. uh, Probably Georgia Tech um, was the NCAA three point champion. Asia again. Maya, Maya Moore. Another type of animal, man. That's so what's up. I got three. That's hard, man.
1: No, that's good, brother. We appreciate the time, man. Thanks for stopping by. We'll have to do it again. Um, guys, again, this is Dorian Lee. Follow him on Instagram. His stuff is fantastic. I'm taking my boys to Atlanta to train with him soon, D. That's just a promise, alright B ball right? Bball101EPD <laughs>
3: on Instagram. Thanks again, Dorian. Tell everybody, hey. Man, pre-
0: appreciate y'all, man. Thanks.
3: Like we do every show, we're going to end with topics, and we're going to start like we focus on a lot of shows with LeBron James, we talk about how the NBA is now a 12 month year round sport and that's true because we have LeBron James. And now his kids AAU team, which he made a speech at during halftime the other night. We got Hall of
0: Famers and one of the best, some of the best players that ever played a game came off the bench. Or didn't play. That don't mean you ain't good. There's guys in the NBA that don't play. Does that mean they're not good? They got to the NBA because they were sorry? Mm-mm. They're just playing a role. If you don't want to roll, play tennis or play golf. Cause then you can do what the you want to do. And then you got nobody else to blame because it's only an individual sport. If that's what you want to do, play tennis or play golf. But if you want to play a team sport, there's going to be things that you can't, you got to give up to get what you want. Play
3: tennis or play golf is a uh, pretty savage line from LeBron. Yeah, I like that
1: though. I it, like that line too. Those kids are seventh graders. Yeah. Um, look, those are conversations. I love, I love that he's, I love that he's in the huddles, like, trying to give back Mm -hmm. and impart some of that wisdom because this is – you take for granted that just because a guy's wearing a polo and khakis that he can coach. Not everybody can. And there are a lot of guys across the landscape, especially this AAU basketball – I see it now firsthand because I'm there – that are posing as coaches. And they're not coaching. And they're not imparting, like, these life lessons that you need to learn – and that you should be able to take away from a sport and that is one of them like it, it's very very real like we all can't do the same thing on a basketball court mm-hmm. like i've got kids in my program and i've had to deal with it all year um where i got 15 kids but we're a top 20 team in the country and their parents want to know why they're not playing all oh, my son's not good like you're saying he's not good and my point is like it's not that your son's not good it's that he's on a team with a bunch of other kids, some of the top players in the state. And so the, he's got a role to play on this team. And, right. you know, kids have to understand that. Parents have to understand that. And kudos to LeBron for, for like, getting in the huddle and actually passing right. something down, not not just, like, money and shoes, but actual
3: mm-hmm. advice and wisdom. Moving on to another former Cleveland athlete, a money matchup tonight north of the border as Johnny Football officially becomes Johnny Canadian Football. Johnny Manziel set to make his first CFL start as his new team, the Montreal Alouettes, host his old team, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. On his podcast, Manziel said he plans on throwing... The out of the ball. <laughs> Today you're flicking around on another channel tonight. Would you Would you stop and watch? Oh, not even. I'm watch. I'm tuning in for this.
2: I would watch a little bit of it. I don't really care, but I I liked I like Johnny.
1: Yeah, word. I'm I'm more excited about this than I was about the Hall of Fame game last night. I more really. Lamar? It, well, I mean, the second half I was waiting for, but right. the first half I could care less about the Hall of Fame game. I want to see what Johnny looks like. Um, it's true. I do. I'm. I think. Like,
3: Like him or love him, like I'm fascinated by the story at this point, and I want to see how he does. So will the real Kevin Durant please stand up? FS1's Chris Broussard revealed a text conversation with Durant uh, yesterday on Fox Sports, and he said, The guy you see now is the real me. This is Durant. The guy in Oklahoma City was the phony. I was just trying to please everybody and do what I thought everybody wanted me to do. So who do you think... The real Kevin Durant is—is is it
2: someone who should just probably uh, Golden turn State version,
3: off? or is it OKC version?
1: Um, I mean, first of all, did I just say like it or love it for Johnny Manziel instead of like love him or hate him? I think I did.
3: <laughs> like, I'm just—I'm replaying
1: that in my mind, and I think I said that. You got our yeah. on your head. but um, I don't know. I mean, I guess Golden State, but. Why, why would you have to be phony anywhere? Why, like, I, that yeah. makes me sad.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree with that. It does.
1: Like, what do you mean you're being phony? How long was he in Golden State? I mean, State? this is a guy that... I mean, how long
3: was he in OKC? Eight years? Eight years, one in Seattle. It's so like, why what? was he being phony there? This is a guy though that had business tattoos, his entire torso covered because he felt like he couldn't have tattoos on his arms for sponsors and, and for people that were trying to pay him endorsement deals. So that doesn't come as a surprise to me. Well, no, I mean, and then I, he finally abandoned that and got the Tupac leg tattoo when he went to Golden State. Right.
1: So maybe this is the more the more genuine uh Kevin Durant, but it does make me sad that like you could be on top of the world, like mm-hmm. you know, on top of the basketball world at least and feel like you can't be yourself. Yeah, I like, don't
2: I don't entirely get that. I don't know like what was holding him back.
1: I don't know. I don't know. Well, sometimes you like you know when you're brought up and you're a star and you know you've got you know all these adults around you and and mm-hmm. telling you, you know, like riding your coattails and so on. Maybe there's some pressure to be something. I don't know, but I I felt like my favorite teams I played on. And what people ask me, like, what's your favorite team you played on? And it's always the Phoenix Suns. And it, mm-hmm. they probably think it's because I scored like you know more than I ever did, or I got my all defense teams, or because like we played. It wasn't. It was because in that locker room behind the scenes, like everyone was themselves. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There was no fakeness. We were all just. Letting it all hang out in terms of who we were. And that makes for a much more fun environment. Right. You know what I mean? Like there are teams where, where guys are kind of fake. They're reserved. Like there's a coolness factor to it. Like I'm trying to portray an image. Oh my like, gosh.
2: That, that sounds so awful. Yeah. That's the boring. Coolness factor. That's yeah. boring. Just like stressful.
1: Yeah. That's boring. Well, anyway. Um, you know what else is stressful? Running the show dolo for three days. Thank <laughs> you guys you just, for coming the in the last two days and helping me out. Um, Danny will be back next week. So, all week. Yeah. Welcome Five back, days. Danny. Uh, this has been Off the Bench with Canel and Bell. Uh, you can follow us and subscribe, download iTunes, Stitcher, Do it or wherever Do you get it your it pods. Uh, thanks again. We'll see you next
0: week with Danny back.